0: Welcome back to another hour of Scott Shower. I'm Noah.
1: And I'm Jesse.
0: All right. This is episode 144. Tonight, uh, we have partially a great lineup. (laughs) <laughs> that's always a great lineup i just uh but really we have uh the glenfiddich grand reserva this is an excellent box i can tell you already automatically <laughs> you have five for me presentation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh, before we get there though uh we do have our shout outs and get it togethers after that uh, review of that fine looking uh presentation of a scotch uh then we have our restaurant review of Yuan or Wan, I don't know, the Chinese version of Uh, Wan. So the Mexican version of Wan's palace, it's Yuan palace. Uh, Mongolian barbecue. Um, And then from there, our topic is like five traits or five things that you would recommend to your son or daughter to look in a partner, to look for in a partner. Uh, did I nail that right? That's it. Okay, right. great. Uh, so before we uh, get started, uh, I just want to thank, uh, we want to thank everyone that watches us on YouTube and Rumble and to all the listeners that listen to us on the many different podcast platforms. We greatly appreciate all of you. So if you could please like, share, and subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. Leave some comments down below and uh, uh, also share this if you like, uh, if you like our Our podcast, uh, please share it with other people uh, on any of the other social media sites. And uh, if you also really, really enjoy us, uh, you can help contribute to our uh, our our habit here of giving and trying, uh, you know, trying different scotches and different restaurants and uh, giving you guys our our uh, points of view on them. Uh, by clicking the uh, Patreon link down below from uh, Podbean. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. You can donate any amount of money you want to our cause here. Uh, with that, let's get ready to rumble. Scotch Review
1: All right. This week, Scotch, as mentioned, the Glenfiddich Grand Reserva 21-year Single malt Scotch, finished in rum casks, 40% ABV. This is a Highland single malt Scotch. We've uh, had many an opportunity to enjoy the 12 year, the 14 year, the 15 year, the 18 year. I'm um, just getting started. Uh, man, Glenfiddich has a massive distillery. They're Uh, 12-Year Scotch is the most consumed Scotch currently on the planet. Uh, The distillery was founded in 1886 and the water source is the Rabidu Spring. Um, They have 16 wash stills, 27 spirit stills with an annual capacity of 21 million liters. They are definitely help supply a lot of people's drinking wants and needs. Most of their single malt scotches are 40% ABV. However, there are a few right around the 43%. Um, they have a great lineup and it has everything from the 12 year. The 14-year, the 15-year, a 15-year cask strength, which we have not had the opportunity to try. The 18-year, a 21-year, 26-year, 30-year, 38-year, 40-year, 50-year, uh, the list goes on. Those are the main ones. They also have the Grand Cru, um, which is a 23-year there. Um, so lots of different options for your drinking pleasure. A couple key notes. Um, many a Scotch has been seen in different Movies or shows, uh, but the Glenn Fittick is a favorite whiskey in the fictional detective, uh, for the fictional detective Inspector Morse, as well as his creator Colin Dexter, kind of a uh British Sherlock Holmes, if you will. Isn't from Sherlock a couple Holmes already British, yeah, but this one's from a couple decades oh. ago. Uh, again, nothing new. Uh, it's also in 2004's Hotel Rwanda. Uh, i drink getting drinking consumed by the lead character, Paul Raston-Majina, uh, who is played by Don Chettle. Um, and it's, uh, man, featured in bars on the Yakuza video game. <laughs> 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 uh, series of part of a long-running product placement deal with Suntory, who is the uh, prominent owner of Glenfiddich.
0: So, so uh, SunTory, that that was still the family owned, um, they mistaken.
1: SunTory has a big stake in it because they're the ones making all the deals. Uh, my understanding is they are still family owned, but SunTory has a large stake in it. Okay, got it, got it. I think I,
0: now, nah, nah, I think I'm straight now. <laughs> Sorry,
1: it's all good. Same
0: question multiple times. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, the Grant and Sons, it's currently managed by the fifth generation of William Grant's descendants. Um, So managing and owning are such tricky different pieces uh, as far as that. But um, they have a lot of people. I mean, we all do, right? There's no such thing as a corporation um, that doesn't have multiple people buying into it with a uh, wanting to be a stakeholder, whether or not they're competition or not. Suntory has a a, a pretty vast um, investment and ownership of a lot of different uh, alcohols um, particularly in the rum field.
0: Is Suntory uh, Suntory, are they Japanese?
1: Uh, They are Asian I don't know if it is specifically Japanese but I would guess yes um, based on all of their Japanese whiskeys.
0: Okay cool. Tours uh, from what I from what we could tell uh, uh, Glenfiddich actually has two different types of tours uh, The first one is called the uh, distillery tour It is for 18 and over so you do have to be a uh, legal age uh, Legal drinking age uh, to attend this tour It is uh, 1.5 hours long Costs 25 great british pounds So you're probably talking about like 27, 28 dollars approximately Um, It is a guided tour and you do get a taste for different drams and it's available uh, Wednesday through Sunday at 930 a.m. They do say that you want to arrive at least 10 minutes early uh, for your tour. Now, honestly, good for you if you take that tour, but I think you're going to miss out if you do not take the Solera tour. Uh, that was, it's called Solera deconstructed tour because this is an in-depth tour for enthusiasts. Uh, you still get the same, like a distillery tour that you would got, uh, from that other tour, but you also get to go to the warehouse number eight. And then you also go to the, uh, malt masters blending room. And here in the blending room, I believe you get to try four different cast strength drams, but that's not the best part of all of this. Because in this uh, malt, malt master blending room, you actually get to prepare your very own version of combining different cast strength, uh, fifteen year cast strengths uh, or cast barrels together to make your very own uh, blend. So that that part's really really cool. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's worth the extra money to go do this one, so you can kind of make your own blend and. This is once again for people who are 18 and over. Uh, it's only available on Thursdays and Saturdays at 2 p.m., and it is 75 Great British pounds. So you're probably talking about eighty, about eighty three to like eighty six dollars probably after the exchange rate. So that's definitely the one you're going to want to do, especially if you want to experiment and try to make your own blend.
1: All right, well a couple pieces as Noah was asking, William Grant & Sons um, does have eight core brands, these included Glenfiddich, the Balvini, uh, Tullamore, DEW, Drambuey, Hendrix Gin, Sailor Jerry Rum, and Monkey Shoulder, which is a blended scotch whiskey. But here's the most notable piece uh, for me of their history, and they have a long standing history. And that is they were the first distillery to package their bottles in tubes and gift tins which now has become a staple and an expectation of mine as far as if I'm going to buy a scotch that may sit around for a little while and needs to be out of the sun. Um, they also recognize the importance of the duty-free marketplace for spirits and their marketing strategies, both with tins and tubes and the duty-free business. Screw the duty-free business.
0: <laughs>
1: I swear, I want to go into the airport and
0: they have like scotches that I can't get and they won't sell it to me unless i travel outside the united states
1: yeah well they are available because of that um, in 180 different countries and they ultimately produce 35 percent of all the single malt scotch drinking in the world that's more than a third of all the single malt scotch that's impressive
0: it is impressive and i mean it's great that they have them in a the duty-free, but honestly, it sucks that you can't buy them and take them home and stuff like that, and you actually have to like, be traveling out of the United States to go pick them up.
1: It does. It sucks.
0: It does. It really does.
1: <laughs> Especially when I was most recently in a duty-free shop and saw several, um, some from the Macallan and some from Talisker that I so badly wanted to buy at reasonable prices and couldn't. Yep. Same here. And you can't find them in local liquor stores, even at a higher price. I know that's
0: that's that's <laughs> the shame of it. So anyway, it's
1: a pisser.
0: Uh, you can say that again. It's a pisser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Do we want to go ahead and roll with this scotch?
0: Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, It's all you. It's all Showtime.
1: All right. It is definitely Showtime. Glenn Fittick has done a a wonderful number on the presentation here. So a thick cardboard foam, and uh, I'm going to say or guess – cardboard lined box where it rotates for access to the bottle inside now this bottle is currently going roughly for 250 dollars that's at the local total wine there to get the bottle out of the package you do have to uh, pull down a piece of foam to release its hold from the top. Then you rotate the bottle forward and out, releasing that foam. And as with any Glenfiddich bottle, they do a very traditional for them, triangle shaped or three-sided bottle. However, this one, unlike some of the others, is a much thicker and heftier glass. This is not for the meek or the weak um they have done a great job with the presentation of the box with the presentation of the bottle uh a nice label pretty simple Uh, i'm gonna say as far as Scotch bottles, this definitely hits the sexy factor. We go straight to the foil after that. This is a nice, thick, easy to uh, tear foil, well serrated edges, um, pops right off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's got to be a dark stained wood top. Uh, it's not only a wood top, but it's a wood top inlaid with another material. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the stag on the top. Um, well done to them. Larger in diameter than their other bottles, but this is a full wood stopper. Please don't be pressed cork. You've gone so far. Let's go ahead and finish this one off well. It is pretty pressed cork damn it well oh, it is i'm gonna give him a pass just because of everything else although that does disappoint when you're talking about a 250 dollars bottle of scotch uh, but let's see oh it pours very smooth out of the bottle sometimes you get that first pour and it wants to launch out or it's not quite coming out well this one poured very smooth almost too smooth <laughs> <laughs> oh i do love that topper i don't know if that's a metal and i feel like it might be aluminum that's got the stag in there uh but they have done well with the presentation and i am super excited to try uh, this single malt scotch
0: all right well time for our, our warp speed and our tasting notes
1: all right warp speed. cheers, feed. <laughs> cheers.
0: Gwen Fiddick, Grand Reserva is grand indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I'm very impressed. First off, I can't say enough for the presentation. Like, all this time, like, for 142 episodes, I've said, like, <laughs> you got to go over the top to have a five. And I've even kind of broken my rule a couple of times because we never really truly had a five except for maybe King Alexander Third. And I'm here to say, Clinton Fiddick, you nailed it out of the park. You definitely... Presentation. I'm not the biggest fan of orange in color, but... Uh, the way you did this, and how go how the gold goes with it, and you have like the nice cream colored uh, label on the bottle, I like it. It's great. I love it. Uh, it's an attention getter with the color of orange. Um, yeah. So this is like if I could give it a five plus plus or like a ten uh, and exceed our, our, our point scale, I would. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a five there since that's the most I can give it. Um, the color, I really enjoy the color here. I put gold with burnt orange hue. Um, I think that's you know I think because of that that burnt orange hue and the goldenness there, so it's like a like a, I originally I want to say gold amber, but really it's like a gold burnt orange to me. And so, therefore, I think you know having the uh, presentation uh, and the labeling, all that, having the orange in it just makes total sense and it goes right with it. Um, so I give that a five out of five as well. Uh, the nose, I really, really enjoyed the nose. Um, when we first opened it up and I first smelled it, my comment to you was, you know, uh, when you go into a nice shoe store and you can smell that new leather, I said that leather, but you said new leather, which is actually correct. New leather smell. Uh, and there's a couple of places that remind me that like, uh, uh, in our past, when uh, we used to go to uh, Trade Creek Mall and stuff like that, and we go into like the those like nice uh, shoes, dress shoes stores and stuff like that, that smell that you would get from those like nice, uh, well-made Italian shoes with leather bottoms, Pucci, and Gucci,
1: Ferragamo, yeah, uh, you yeah.
0: name it. <laughs> it, it had that smell to me. It reminded me of that. It just it took me back to those times right there. But it also had, it gave me initially uh, that maraschino cherry sweetness with some vanilla and hints of spring, floral, and oak. And uh, as it opened up a little bit more, uh, there was like a sweet cookie smell that I couldn't nail, but I think you got it when you said uh, like those Danish short uh, shortbread cookies or something like that. Is that what you said it yeah. was? Yeah. Yeah, I think you nailed it with that, so... Uh, honestly, I love the nose. I could smell this for, for a good long time, uh, before I even take a sip of it. And even after I did take a sip of it, I wouldn't mind just keep smelling it. Right. Uh, so here I gave this, and this is probably the highest I, ever, I think I might've ever given, uh, this category. I gave it 29 out of 30 cause I enjoyed it that much.
1: Uh, um, here on here, they, they call them not I, I, Called it the wrong thing. I called it shortbread cookies, but something reminded me of butter. One of the things you is said is a butter cookie. It's a, it's literally a Danish, the butter cookie. Yes. Okay. That's, that's exactly what, it, what is. it
0: is. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> so it's a dense, dense, Densic, Densic butter cookie. Yes. All right. Uh, then on the palette, uh, I put smooth criminal. Here, was what I mean by smooth criminal is that it has a smooth, creamy vanilla with hints of malt and honey. Um, and there's some other flavors in there uh, that you get too, but those were like the main bullet points right here. Uh, but it was like so smooth to me. Um, and I gave it a 28 out of 30. And that kind of leads me into the finish. Where I have a uh, smooth mocha. It's, it's a cocoa, but it's like more of a sweeter cocoa. So I put smooth mocha with hints of ginger and oak. Mm-hmm. And the oak actually lasts. So you get that smooth mocha. And then that transitions into a hint of ginger. And it's not spicy ginger, uh, but it's just enough of a hint of ginger that it doesn't take away from the mocha as it ends. And then as the and then you get that nice transition there with the ginger that kind of like cleans the palate a little bit to bring in that nice oak flavor at the end. And I really dug that finish as well for myself. And I gave that a 28 out of 30, giving me a grand total of 95 out of 100.
1: All right. Damn. Uh, Uh. Would I
0: take this to a black tie affair? Beep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I definitely would. I think this is like, not only is is it a conversation starter, uh, I think you're going to turn some heads with the presentation of this particular box. Uh, Would I take it to a game night? Oh. Geez, I, you know, I think it has to, it depends on the game night though. It has to, definitely has to be a game <laughs> night with a bunch of like scotch connoisseurs because, you know, here's the thing. Like when you have a game night with friends, there's friends where you could just shoot the, shoot the bull with or whatever, have a good time. And, uh, they may not necessarily be uh, scotch connoisseurs or anything like that. And so it doesn't really matter what you drink with them. You could sometimes you give them like a better scotch or a worse scotch or whatever, but, in this case, uh, this is a scotch that I wouldn't mind drinking with a bunch of other scotch connoisseurs or people who really enjoy scotch. So if I'm doing like a game night with a bunch of scotch drinkers who really enjoy scotch, this would be a fun one to do because I could only imagine as you guys are sitting, as you're sitting there busting each other's balls, playing games, uh, uh, playing whatever like game, and and talking about how great a scotch is. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of a great time. Um, does it have a place on your, on your, on your shelf? Beep. Yeah, it does. It totally does. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I, I can't say enough about this particular one. I love it a lot. In fact, uh, most of the time I don't drink, uh, a whole lot on our show. Usually kind of, you know, keep it to like the one dram, um, but I like am pretty low, <laughs> so I would imagine I might get a second dram on this one. So I obviously really liked it a lot.
1: All right. Well, I think Noah, pretty much uh, pinned the tail on the donkey, and this is not a jackass of a scotch that is for sure. So as he already mentioned, color wise, uh, I agree with him. This is a nice deep gold. It reminds me of just like the perfect day. Um, The presentation was a five. The color is a five. The nose, I'm just one point off of you here. I give it a 28, not a 29. Um, But on the nose, I am getting that deep vanilla, um, hints, floral hints, toffee, the new leather and it is that new leather like you mentioned like when you walk by you don't even have to go into the leather shop you just walk by it in the mall like when i walk by ferragamo in caesar's palace and i smell it and i'm like damn it i need to go drop 800 on a new pair of shoes a little bit of honey and that oak at first i didn't get the oak but man i am loving it now what is wonderful about the nose on this scotch, and I probably should give it a 20. I'm gonna, for now, I'm going to stick with a twenty-eight, But it's that each and every one of these pieces, these scents, are not hard to pick out. And they have memories for me. I'm literally like walking through the forum shops in Caesar's Palace and passing Ferragamo and Gucci, which are kind of right there, not far from each other. But smelling that, and I'm going to say new Italian leather, just when you're passing their doors, um, it literally draws me in. Um, no different from the oak, it reminds me of wood shop, the day you're all going to select your wood. And I almost always select your wood. <laughs> if I wasn't working with walnut, it was oak. <laughs> but going and picking those fresh oak boards straight from, uh, you know, the shop. And that is the scent of oak I get. It literally reminds me of high school. It's this wonderful memory. The floral hints, um, they remind me of walking by a floral shop. Like All of these pieces really stick to me. And what's sad about that is most of these memories are like 10 plus years ago because nowadays it's hard to find a good leather shop anywhere nearby um and the last time i was in caesar's palace um it was dead in there because of covid um i've heard it's a challenge but um the floral shops they used to be all over the place now you can't even find a decent one in a big king supers oh but the cookies the buttered cookies are definitively there and that reminds me of any Christmas because I love me some Danish butter cookies um so for me at 28 the palette was right there with that smooth creamy vanilla there is a touch of smoke the oak is in there but you've got different pieces and I want to say for me there is a hint of lime, just the smallest hint of lime mixed with ginger, and some spices. But really, the point here is, it's like there's a that that creme brulee sugar on the top with a little bit of orange like we had at the fort, um, perfectly blended it goes from this dry brulee sugar with a hint of orange to this almost gushy caramel where it's just coating the tongue and it's beautiful. Um, 28 on the palate. For me, I wrapped it up with the 28 on the finish because that caramel gives way to hints of apple, mm, grainy pear. And you mentioned it. For me, It's that dark chocolate like you ate a piece of dark chocolate 15 minutes ago, but you're still getting hints of the cocoa. That is exactly it with a little bit of oak. It is long. It is dry and I love it. For me, the total was a 94. The way I would describe this scotch and this is not a scotch I want to drink every day. because Oh, definitely not. This yeah. is like a vacation scotch to me. Yep. This, this is truly like a vacation scotch. There are scotches when I have been to war or I've been to hell and I am victorious or I just need a drink and I'm just trying to get through the goddamn day, whatever it may be. Um, this is not a, a single pour or a double pour. This is a scotch hours pour. And that's the kind of scotch this is, is when you wake up You're on vacation, and you are ready to enjoy your day. That is the Scotch Hour Pour. That is what this Scotch is. It is the perfect vacation day, and I'm not going to remember tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely not on Scotch Hour uh, vacation
0: time, but (laughs) I would like to join you on this vacation ride, but... Uh, Unfortunately, I cannot.
1: Dude, literally this reminds me of if I was on a beach and I wake up. And hopefully I'm with someone. um, Because you don't want to share the perfect day alone in most cases. Um, You want them there whether it's for a meal or something else. But man, this is literally reminds me of a day on the beach when there is... No motor vehicles allowed, so you don't even you're not hearing jet skis, you're not hearing anything. You see some kids playing, you're far enough from the water, you're not getting splashed. You're gotcha getting the scotch
0: poor You're gonna hear anything, anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, cheers, the scotch shower. But with that, it's a, uh, man, it is it is it literally reminds me of the it is so smooth and perfect from the scent. And the nose. Dude, I'm gonna I am gonna actually change my score on one thing. I am changing the palette to a 29. Um, which will also give mine a 95. Cause as much as I love the nose. This palette is something I want to drink all day on a perfect day when there are no stressors, I'm not thinking about work. Again, just hanging out on a white sand beach with enough sunscreen that I'm not getting burnt after I pass out. <laughs> and someone to watch me to keep putting it on after I do. This scotch is literally that. It, it makes me want to go on some pirate trip on a, on a sailboat and land on an island where... I am totally free because that's what it makes me think of. Zero stress, not a care in the world. Life is great. Um, Are you going to take a volleyball with you? Yeah, I probably should. They call it Wilson. Because when I wake up, I'm going to be like, shit, all I got is Wilson. <laughs> Where the hell am I? <laughs> Better go mail my package. <laughs> Uh, But it really is a great... I was not expecting it to be this great. I was expecting it to be great. So, total for me, a 95. The win for me, the palette was my high point. I know the the nose, I believe, was your high point in a 29. Dude, the palette is my go-to. However, you go nothing wrong with the presentation... Um, it's a good thing our topic is not a super long one because I've been talking forever about this. But this presentation is absolutely black tie worthy. Game night, yeah. Hopefully playing hide the salami. Um, would this have a spot on the shelf? Absolutely. I am actually going to look for a replacement bottle tomorrow because it is that good and it is something worth sharing with friends and family when you can enjoy it. You don't necessarily really always need to do a scotch hour pour. However, uh Definitely try it if you get a chance.
0: I can't say anything else. Uh, like, I'm speechless. It's great. It's and like, if you can find it, definitely buy it. Yeah,
1: the perfect island summer day. It reminds me of a time I went on a cruise, and I was literally the only time in my life I've been on a white sand beach. That time I got way sunburnt. Maybe I did have a scotch hour pour after all, but... It reminds me of that day there were no motor vehicles allowed there were some little sailboats and stuff going around um it was kind of like in that movie (laughs) that m night shimala movie where you're just kind of like encompassed there's a piece of the ocean you can see the ocean yeah but it's like so blocked off from all of technology and society you had to walk through a cavern or a valley of stone if you would um to get there it was beautiful and this Scotch makes me want to go. I literally I feel like I need a beach vacation right now because of this.
0: It's time for our shout outs.
1: Um we've said a lot and done a lot about um, a lot of different things. Um I'm gonna keep it simple right now. My shout out goes to all of those who are being conscious about their holiday spending and my get it together goes to all of those who are not. And what I mean by this is, yes, there are times we're all going to splurge, or at least I hope we all splurge. There are times we spend money we don't need to spend, but be conscious of, are you spending it for the right reasons? And then are you overspending? Because it's better not to get yourself in debt. Especially with the way this current economy looks like, um, the struggle is real. Even if inflation is truly uh, reducing the impact on America, my paycheck hasn't gone up and... Um, From what I'm reading, most also have not. So make sure you're spending the money on things of value. And again, that can be a gift that absolutely has nothing but personal value. But just don't go throwing money away. Um, So please, again, I, I, I use the word conscious. Um, that's exactly what I mean. Be conscious of your spending and I want to go out and buy people things all the time. I see a great scotch. I want to go buy it for Noah. There's lots of things I want to do, but I have to be conscious of, all right, where am I going to be one month from now, three years from now, five years from now, is this going to make the impact or is it better off in a savings account or even in cash?
0: That's a good one. Uh, mine's going to go out. Uh, to uh the uh advent health uh e r staff at uh in parker colorado uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah. so you know i i've talked to you about this and most people who uh are within my life i've, I've mentioned or they know about this already but i'll share it with everybody on here uh right during uh like throughout the thanksgiving week and stuff like that i had a pretty uh pretty I don't know if it's a bad cold, but it was definitely a cold or a flu, and I was coughing a lot. It got to a point where it was like a lot of like long, dry coughs and stuff like that, and uh, last week, uh, <laughs> it got to a point where um, actually, I wasn't really coughing that much anymore, but there's like certain ways I bent, or when I took a deep breath, I get a sharp pain in my chest, and Wednesday of last week, it it, it like uh, started happening more frequently, and I think because I started freaking out about it, because I didn't know what was actually causing this pain, uh, I had maybe a mild panic attack or something like that, which caused the shortness of breath and light uh, and lightheadedness I started to get on top of the chest pain. So I took myself, which I, if you are having a heart attack, you probably shouldn't be doing this either. <laughs> I, drove, <laughs> I, drove, <laughs> I drove myself to Damn, the, to the uh, emergency room. Uh and, uh, you know, here's the thing is like, uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, a pretty penny, uh, but in a way, because of the, uh, you know, because of, uh, the information I received, it gave me that peace of mind knowing that my, actually my heart is in very good shape. Uh, and, uh, everything seems to be pretty good. All my stats were in green. Uh, so it was, uh. I only had to do like ekg once they said i probably have to do it twice when i first when i first got in there but it was good enough to where i didn't have to do it a second time Uh, so it i just wanted to say that the staff was great they're super friendly if you do have to go to the ER room and you're in Parker, I would recommend them. They, they're they great people. And the one part I thought was really cool too, and this might be new. It might maybe – I don't go to the hospital very often at all, so I don't know if uh, this is normal or not. But over here, they give you like a digital uh, – uh, chart and stuff like that so you have like an app that you go to and so like every time like a lab came in like a lab test was finished it popped up automatically on the app so i already got to see like what it was before the doctor even came in and talked to me that doesn't mean i knew exactly what everything meant <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's it <a> for
0: <laughs> yeah but i did get to see it before they got to me so i just want to give a shout out to them i think they did a great job
1: that's awesome Especially peace of mind. Yeah. Stress is literally a killer.
0: It is. And, like, I, you know, I don't know if it was like anxiety or if it was like panic attack, but something else was happening, you know, but, um, or, or stress. But anyhow, um, no, no get it together this week. I'm just going to, like, there's enough to say, you know, in the world that's going on that needs to get together, but I'm just going to leave it alone.
1: All right. You? Yeah, my get-together was the opposite side of the uh, shout-outs. Spend wisely, don't overspend. If you're overspending, get it together. Think about your future, your kid's future, Um, and that's tough. Uh, We don't, in my opinion, teach enough in schools to manage money. It is absolutely a parent's role, so therefore parents get it together in that sense. Help your kids understand Man, maybe they don't need that 10th pair of uh, Doc Martens or Gucci shoes. I'm not one to talk there because I love my Ferragamos, but um, really make sure you can afford it and that you're not going to hurt yourself in the long run. Restaurant Review. This week's Restaurant Review Juan Palace Mongolian Barbecue is off of uh, Rappahoe Road, 755 East Arapahoe Road in Centennial, Colorado. And, man, it was not at all what I expected. <laughs> I was putting it mild. <laughs> so, first
0: off, while uh, trying to get there, it's almost like uh, it's actually part of that same uh messed up parking lot that we talked about a couple weeks ago with the Kodiak uh, microbrew place. Um, when you turn in there, uh, if you follow your GPS, it's going to make you turn probably a turn too early, <laughs> uh, which doesn't take you quite there. It takes you to the backside of the restaurant. Uh, there is a walkway if you want to go through like a little like alleyway slash where the dumpsters are. Uh, you can make it over there to the front side <laughs> if you parked on the wrong side of the building. Otherwise, you gotta come out, and then where you where you come out to turn, it's like uh, there's like no stop signs there. Cars are going every which way. No, uh, no one's using their turn sig- signals, including myself. <laughs> 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 so uh, to get to it is a little bit of a struggle. Uh, when you first uh, when you look at the outside, it's like what kind of hole in the wall place is this? Uh, we go in. Uh, you wonder the same thing. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> this place, true? <laughs> you're like, what? What hell hole did I subject myself to? Uh, in for a restaurant? And really, like if you think of like uh like BB's Mongolian barbecue or who Hot. Uh, I'm barbecue, <laughs> you know, like they're pretty nice on the inside. It's set up really well. So it's like, uh, if you were to like, uh, if you're going to order something like really nice on the, on the internet and you, and I'm sure most of you people have seen these memes. Uh, it's like, this is what I thought I ordered, but this is what I got from wish. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's kind of like what oh happened here. Like I thought I was going to a Magolian barbecue place. And then I got like the, uh, uh and I'm gonna to be totally politically incorrect here. The uh retarded stepbrothers, uh Backwoods Hicks, uh degenerate uh, whatever's uh red-headed hillbilly. Redheaded hillbilly <laughs> who's uh who's like half Chinese uh version of what a uh going to be barbecue place would look like. It was a uh Definitely not sexy. Uh, and I mean, like, Jesse uses the <laughs> word sexy. I never really do. But that's the only thing I can say is it's not sexy. It's it's not. <laughs> but take that all aside. Uh, they do have, uh, like most Mongolian beef barbecues, they do have, like, a kind of like a bus- buffet-style thing set up to where you can choose what meats you want uh, what veggies you want, what sauces you want to put in there and all that type of stuff. Um, and, uh, the food actually tasted really good. Um, I had no complaints about the food. Uh, the price value was good. I believe it was like $18 for dinner uh, for all you could eat, meat, uh, veggies, and stuff like that. And, and basically, you get whatever you want, and they cook it for you. So it's not like uh, you're ordering a dish, and if it doesn't come out right or whatever, it's on the on them. It's basically on you because if you didn't put the right combo together, that's your fault. Now, that doesn't say like, uh, I, I mean, I've had better at like Who Hot or BB's Mongolian Barbecue because they actually have a lot more choices than this place has. But for what you get here and for the price point, it, it was pretty decent and I really enjoyed it uh, as far as the food and, and food value goes. Uh, and the waitstaff... Uh, they were good. Uh, I mean, they, I'd say good to great. Maybe, um, I never once had to ask for a refill. They came by and anytime, like when I, when I went up to, uh, get my food, uh, or put my, kind of like my, my plate together, uh, they filled up my drink. Uh, so, and they didn't, like, I didn't have to ask them, uh, they didn't interrupt our conversation at all. Uh, there was a couple times where we she walked by, she said, do you need anything? Is everything okay? We said, yeah. So honestly, I think, uh, the wait staff was great. So like the food itself, uh, because I think you're partially, uh, part of like get, getting made and stuff like that, uh, and the value, I'm going to give it an eight, um, I think if there's more variety and stuff like that, I would give it a, a nine. Um, but I think with the food, the food value and what and what you get your portion of making your meal, I give it an eight. Uh, the service, I, I will give that a nine. I think it was great. The atmosphere, uh, I felt like I needed to get my AA card to be there, my AARP card to 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 be eating there. There's a lot of like elderly folks that were eating in there. Um, It wasn't like high energy. It was kind of dark, probably for a reason. Uh, I was scared to go check out the restroom. I didn't go see the restroom. Um, uh, But anyways, I'm going to give that like a five for the atmosphere. That includes the outside and the inside. Uh, Is this place a destination? I am saying no, it is not a destination. Uh, would I see myself eating there again? Oddly enough, if I found myself in the area and I was kind of craving Mongolian barbecue, I probably would go there again. Uh, But that would just be for me, me only. When I meet a friend there, uh, it would not be my suggestion. Because there's other places around there I'd rather go to, like Torchy's Tacos or Mm -hmm. something like that. But if a friend recommended it and say, hey, meet me here at this place, I wouldn't be like, no, uh but at the same time it's not going to be my my choice to really meet uh to offer to meet a friend there would i take a date there no not at all (laughs) unless you never want to see it again well i mean okay i'll put it this way uh if we're like maybe like on our 10th date and we've been together for you know for a while i can see going there because you're not really trying to impress them at that point
1: you should be dude can't say that shit (laughs)
0: Holy shit. But it's, 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 it's like probably maybe an unspoken truth. What do women do at that point? Like, they're like, they like all nice for you, like the first few times. And after you like, you've been together, they, look, they kind of let themselves go a little bit too.
1: I mean, I am not all about false advertising. I am all about real advertising. <laughs> what I give at the beginning, I try to maintain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like, it's, I could see like this would be like one of those places where you can let down your guard a little bit. Uh, on it but honestly
1: no do not take a date there
0: <laughs> i was gonna say but honestly you shouldn't t- you shouldn't take a date there Dude.
1: <laughs> but i can hey. see but i try to be a
0: realist here because i know there's gonna be people out there who like who like uh they you know like for the first time or, you know, first few dates or whatever, they're going to try to make an impression. Man. We
1: went to the Brown Palace, Palace they, but we like after, to- but, there's,
0: but there's also people, like, after, like, the 10th, 15th, 20th, or whatever, Yeah, time, or they've been with them for, like, a year or two, and they're like, I don't care. Let's just go to
1: this place. We've been on 10 dates. You pissed me off today. I know where you're taking me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just trying to be a real estate. I don't know. Dude, no, <laughs> never, never. It no, should not get that real. <laughs> uh,
0: but because of, the, because of the food value, the weight staff, and the uh, ambiance there, uh, you got 895. Uh, I think overall it's going to be probably about a seven. Um, that's obviously a very generous number.
1: All right. Well, I want to tell you something. I think our numbers align pretty consistently. Um, there's one that I noticed was a little bit different, but what I will say is, going in, um, I, I really look at the outside environment. So the Sketchy exterior. Is more, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why well, they got 24 locks on their front door. <laughs> It's dark. It's dimly lit. They did not get the best lot in uh, the parking lot. Uh, they are sweet G, by the way. <laughs> not the G. Not the original G. The sweet G. <laughs> um, with that, I as well had the Mongolian barbecue dinner, all you can eat. Um, and I believe it was 16 dollars $17.99 uh, is lovely. right around there. So you can go back multiple times. I went back uh, a second time. I thought the food itself was really good i gave the food an eight um as far as the exterior environment i gave it five not good like don't take a date there as far as the interior atmosphere i gave it a five dimly lit not well set up taking given that food had they arranged this place a little bit differently it could have been a slam dunk because the Decor itself wasn't terrible. The lighting was bad. But the setup with the kitchen or the the grill in the corner was their real loss to me Um, because I had the, the barbecue. Again, I think for what I had, you can choose your meat steak. Uh, pork, chicken, lamb. Uh, The sausage was my home run. Yeah, Uh, sausage was good. Lots of different options there, but I agree with what you said. The options beyond the meats were about the same as the meats. It's like you can get some onion and some green bell pepper and some possibly canned mushrooms with no flavor and a bunch of different sauces that didn't taste like anything. (laughs) Um, But at the end It was good Um, as far as just the total package. I had the zombie drink. It was all right. No complaints there. To me, the service, you gave it a nine. I gave the service a 10. I actually thought, Um, It was great. They filled our drinks when we were up off the table. Um, They were Johnny on the spot with the check. They explained everything. She reminded me I gave her the wrong copy of the receipt. I gave her the wrong one, but she was pleasant about it. The funny part to me was the two people greeting you at the door were wearing masks, but the cooks weren't. I'm like, (laughs) the people I don't want breathing germs on my food are the ones cooking my food, not the people who have nothing to do with it. (laughs) So I did think that was ironic. Um, But tragically, I I think that this place is one of those, it's most likely one of those family-run restaurants where they pour their hearts into it. They deliver a good product, give great service, just have a crummy environment. Um, So overall, uh, my total was also a seven. Um, But... Again, here's where the tragedy is. I had nothing against the food or the service. Those were wins, but everything else was so bad, I would not take a date there. And um, I would be reluctant to meet a friend there unless we were both walking and like had bum legs, and that was the only place we could walk to. And even so, I might walk up there and roll somewhere else just because the parking lot is rough. Um, But overall, seven not a destination. This week's Smarter Challenge, what are five traits or qualities Um, you would tell someone, a kid, a friend, anyone else looking for life advice maybe, or you're just giving it because that's actually what a good person does. Oh, it's
0: about life advice? I thought it was about finding a partner.
1: Right, about, oh, yeah, okay. you're just giving them advice, life advice about finding a partner, okay. yes. Right. So what are the five qualities or traits to look for in a partner? Um, what did What did you think of when you thought about this?
0: Well, since I don't have a partner, I guess I kind of was thinking about like maybe something I would, if I was talking to myself what i what i would give White sand uh, what kind you of advice I <laughs> what kind of advice i'd give myself or but i have actually like i've been mentored to other like i've been a mentor to other people and so there's been some things where like uh they ask me questions about relationships even though i think i'm probably totally the wrong person maybe to ask about relationships but in any case um there, are, I think there are some truths. No matter if it's about finding a uh, a spouse, uh, that type of partner, or a business partner, um, a friend, or anything like that, uh, there there's many different types of partnerships out there. But I think there are some truths to all of them, um, of like basically some some uh, some qualities that you need to find in them. Uh, that's that's what kind
1: of came to my mind. All right, outstanding. Um, I agree. And what part of the point of this smarter challenge was is not that I think either of my youngins are, you know, my cubs for Papa Bear are off running, trying to go get married or find a, a lifelong partner at the moment. But I was really thinking if I was asked, what would the advice I w- would give be? And or whether or not I'm asked, ask, um, If I give advice, like, hey, these are things to look for potentially, or these are things I would suggest, this is what I believe in, it would be very interesting. The flip side to this is, as a young person, do you remember what you looked for in another person you wanted to date? It had probably, so my point is, it had very little to do with any of these lifelong qualities we look for. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, That is the absolute truth. What I was looking for when I was uh, at a much younger age is quite a bit different now after I have some life
1: experience. Right. And so for myself, I I first started, I had fun with this because I'm like, okay, when I was a teenager, what was I looking for in someone I wanted to date? I was looking for someone that was fun. However, I think I still had a decent head on my shoulders um, because I did look for someone that was reliable. However, all of a sudden then it goes back to, I'm looking for someone who's attractive and beautiful, um, but what does that even mean? Then you look for someone that's successful. Okay, as a 17-year-old, how the hell do you know if someone's successful? They haven't had any real-life experience to explain that. Then thinking about, I want someone who's understanding, um, someone who is loving, um, someone who is not just fun, but funny, someone who's wealthy or rich, right? Like, hey, let's just lay it down. Let's be wealthy or rich. So you're going to marry someone who's wealthy or rich. Most of those people being, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and most of those people end up losing their money when they get married really long young and they have everything going. Um, another one is easygoing. We all want someone who's not going to pressure us, right? We just want someone that's easygoing. Um, and then another very common one is someone who travels. Um, these are little things that as a young person, we look for or I looked for. In another, um, are there any things you would throw on that list, or that you can think of, uh, you know, from high school or college, where you're like, this, is, you know, like someone who wants constant sex? A plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I think a lot of it was similar. Travel definitely, someone that was fun. Um, somebody that, uh, yeah, I was, you know. I think you almost hit all the right ones there. There's most
1: of them are superficial.
0: Yeah, they were. It's all superficial, you know. And when when you're young, sometimes you're just you don't have that wisdom right there yet. Because you are. I mean, you're looking for someone that's beautiful, right? Or attra- like definitely attractive. Some, you know, who who doesn't want to have uh, a piece of eye candy with you, right? Um, and. I'm not saying it's any different sometimes when people get older or not versus when uh, you're in high school or college. But there is sometimes a competition with your friends about who has the best-looking girlfriend and stuff like that or, or, you know. Uh, I guess at the time it'd be girlfriend, right? But, uh, or whatever boyfriend, whatever. I don't know sp- what partner. you mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is there something I don't know? <laughs> uh, well, what I'm, saying, like,
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Because, well, some people, I guess, do get married that young. But, any case, but yeah, you want, like, you want, like, a, you know, you want your partner to be hot. Uh, you want, uh, ask uh, you want them to be fun. Uh, I would say, like, I think the difference between yours and mine, uh, where you said travel, I would have said adventurous, uh, because, um, you know, I'm more like definitely when I was younger, I was a lot more spontaneous than I am now. So, you know, I would want someone that it was adventurous because, like. I don't know. Wake up today. Don't skip. Let's skip class. Go do something else or, you know, uh, or <laughs> that's We're, not advocating that people should skip class or anything like that.
1: What do you want to do? Today? Let's go get an EKG. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that was me last Wednesday. So yeah, you you're know. still
1: adventurous.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, be a little bit carefree, you know, not worry about like all the things there that's are in a life. Good one carefree. Um, so those were some of the traits there. Definitely, you know, someone who keeps you on your toe, on your toes, and surprises you all the time because they're just as crazy as you are. Uh, you know, I think that kind of goes with that spontaneity, adventurous mm-hmm. type of person. Uh, and I think, and this is this one's kind of tough because I think you, at least for me, I wanted someone that was kind of similar to me. Which honestly is not the best thing to always look for, uh, and when I like, there's certain things you want that that are similar, right? You want some crossover, but uh, I think that has changed from when I was younger to to now because I definitely want some crossover now. I might as well just go into this one right here since it's already in here. But I put uh, if I were to give that advice today or what I would look for today yeah. is to uh, find uh, someone who's uh, Who compliments you. uh, And then that would have some similar traits as you, but is also strong in areas that you're weak. So that way you're able to compliment each other. Okay. Uh, Whereas I think when I was younger, I would just look for someone who's like totally similar to me as far as traits go. Yeah.
1: So find someone that's similar but compliments you.
0: Yeah. I mean, like similar, like maybe like here's the thing like uh, where I think I would want like similar traits in would be stuff like, For instance, like my political views. I think that would just make life a lot easier in the marriage if we have similar political views. Doesn't have to be exact, like, but I don't want them to be a far leftist where I'm already like a pretty strong conservative. So that's not gonna really work too well. So in that case, I would want that that like that would be like a crossover trait I would would like. But then you're looking at some like other stuff, like let's say uh, one of us was weak in finance, so the other one's a little bit stronger in finance. So that type of thing. Um, that's where uh, that's what I'm saying. Like some of the areas that were you're weak in, you want them to have strength so that way you kind of complement each other. But you mm-hmm. want to have enough of a crossover that you're not like butting like totally butting heads. All right. So that'd be one difference from what I've younger to now.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'll get to my first one here in just a second. Um, I did a little bit of surveying with people I work with, and here were some of the things that they said, which was interesting. Uh, What's
0: the age group of these uh, surveyed people?
1: Anything from 21 to 45.
0: Okay, so it's got to be drastically different. Sure
1: well, and I think that's also um, anyone who was in the younger group, only two of them didn't have kids. Um, otherwise, anyone um, in even the younger group had kids, which also I think changes the perspective. Oh, so <laughs> so um, I kind of grouped these together. So, so, one of the answers from some of them were someone who has ambition, look for someone who has ambition, who has drive, who has goals. Um, Those kind of all align in the same sense. Um, Some of the other comments made were someone who has great communication skills or is a good communicator again. So communication came up actually surprisingly often, Uh, more than I would have thought it would have in the sense of...
0: Actually, that's really good because a lot of divorces are caused by non
1: communication Right, and I thought that that was very interesting. Um, You can spell it in 50 different words and 50 different ways, but loyalty... (laughs) <laughs> and someone who was loyal was super important. Um, and it's interesting because it's not the same, but it's also super similar. Trustworthy or someone you could trust was on air, those two things, loyalty and trustworthy in one way, shape or form were on everyone's list and i'm like so there's been a lot of people who've been ghosted or burnt um and then one that was uh or or the next group i had was people who are kind who are giving or understanding they all fell into a lot of the list someone
0: who doesn't bitch slap me right (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) should put the lotion in the basket Um, but it was very interesting. So you mentioned your first one is, um, finding someone who does have similarities, but also complements your areas of opportunity. And I think that's good. Um, for me, the, and I don't know specific order, but for me, I do think this was a specific order for number one for me is, uh, because of what I've learned in life, you should find someone that has a code that you understand. And you can see it, and they show it to you. They actually live it. I'm talking John Wick Strong, although they don't have to be John Wick-focused. But they should have a code that you understand. And with any code, there are going to be strengths and weaknesses. You just have to accept it. And, um, (laughs) man, I have to say, within that code... (laughs) no false advertising in other words how you present yourself some at someone when you were 18 probably was a lot like you were saying you want on a few great dates and you're taking them to the fort or (laughs) to the Brown Palace or the Broadmoor. And then all of a sudden it's like, why the fuck we've been Taco Bell McDonald's and (laughs) Wendy's this month. (laughs) What happened to all the nice places Um, that should be part of their code is that they actually give you a real representation. (laughs) All right. What do you have for your number two?
0: Uh, this is in no uh, specific order. I didn't really weight these higher right. than any others. Uh, number four, I put beautiful to you. I like that. And uh, what I mean by beautiful to you is that this is someone who uh, challenges you uh, and also uh, provides that need that you need to have for a partner intellectually uh so they have to be able to like i don't know maybe some people like to have their their partner be like dumb as rocks but in my opinion if i'm going to give any advice i would say that you're going to want to find someone who's beautiful to you not only intellectually but also somewhat physically like the physical part i think it's <laughs> less than the intellectual part because if you're going to live a lifelong time with someone you want them to be at least you're intelligent, equal if not stronger. Uh, because if they are stronger than you intellectually, <laughs> this is going to push you to be stronger intellectually as well, and you should continue to grow. Uh, so I do think the intellectual part has to be there. And honestly, like I'm not foolish enough to think like I'm gonna say like you know say like someone's gonna want to like hit up a butt, a butt ugly person or like that, but. That's why I'm saying it has to be beautiful to you. So it has to be beautiful to you in, intellectually and physically, uh, because there's going to be a physical portion somewhere that comes in, into play during that relationship. If you're talking about a spousal type of thing, if you're talking about like a businessship partnership, like a business partnership or a friendship, <laughs> then I think you definitely want that intellectual uh, beauty, uh, if you will, uh, to have like the. Uh, melding of minds uh, or, you know, to sit there and challenge you intellectually because, you know, you, you, you do want someone to compliment you in that aspect of
1: life. And compliment you in those aspects of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that is great because um, it's true. Uh, a second one for me is someone who has a balance of drive for success and living in the moment. The key piece piece is here for me, and you kind of touched on this earlier, is that it's not about travel, but experience and that they have to understand the importance of now while not forgetting the future. So you're not going to blow your whole load, so to speak, today and ruin your next 10 years, as well as you understand it's important enough at times to slow down and realize what cost the current moment lost might have if you do not take it but you have to have that drive. Um, Everyone said it in, you know, that I interviewed was talking about ambition driver goals. You do have to have that, that drive to want to succeed because you cannot, you should not, actually you can, but you should not be relying on someone else to be the one that's driving. Now the, the backside here is, That's a slippery slope. Some of the most uh, driven people have, in my perspective, the shittiest relationships. They're never with their spouse or their significant others or their kids. They have nannies and cleaners and cooks and all these things. But their significant others, the ones that stay at least don't seem to mind they understand that because they are taking care of so their needs so this goes back to the first one you mentioned which is there has to be this similarity they if you have that similarity yeah yeah we're both super driven i want to spend his money and he wants to make it we're both fine with that that's real like that's great and then you complement the other pieces of yeah you better be home for christmas or whatever yeah
0: so i think my other one here kind of encompasses three factors into one um which also plays into yours because uh i put loyalty trust and code all together because i think your code has or should have loyalty built into it and it should have trust built into it uh i think that's what i believe like at least in my code it, it should have those i think other people's code should have that in there but i think you have to have uh, – I think there's that, that piece of loyalty, whether it becomes like your business partner or friendship, uh, a friendship, par- uh, a spousal partnership. Uh, there has to be a factor of loyalty in there, and I think that's built into some people's codes. Let's take uh, one of our favorite shows, Suits. Look at Harvey and Mike. There is that loyalty that they have to each other. Yes, Mike sits there and like – Says some like stupid <laughs> ass shit to to Harvey all the time. And let's be honest, Harvey says some dumb shit to, to Mike sometimes. But yet there's that loyalty. No matter what they say to each other, there's that loyalty that they have. So if someone else comes knocking on the door and says some shit about the other one, they're like, no, fuck you. You can't say that. Uh, that's my boy, right? Or that's my, that's whoever. Uh, Likewise, there's that trust. They have that trust built in there. Like, hey, if I need something, I know I can count on this person to be there and they're not going to toss me under the bus. Even though I might think they might toss me under the bus, once we talked it out, then I know like they really had the best interest at heart for me and they're watching out for my back. And you see that a lot play out in suits. So I think you have to have that. And I think that's all part of the main, that's all part of your code that a person needs to have and show where, as you were talking about. So I think we are very, uh, I think we're very similar in that aspect of wanting or thinking someone should have a code and what they're looking for.
1: I absolutely agree. And I love the way you just phrased that because it is true. Um, Some of the longest standing relationships I have been uh, privy to or given, you know, blessed to see stand tests of time did mean that a spouse had to have their spouses back to the extent of it could cost uh, them a lot. And that could be friends or jobs or other things. Um, And it's interesting because that's real. At some point, like, where is your code? And this is, I I agree. Like, that's why I agree 100%. The code thing is impeccably important in that if you know that your spouse or your partner that you are number one on their list of, as far as importance, as far as their code, then you always know where you sit. However, you might be okay with being number two or number three or number four, but then you have to accept what does that mean to be number two or number three or number four? In other words, if you are number two to the job, That means you're probably always going to have money to spend. You're probably always going to be comfortable in life as far as financial stability, but you will give up a lot of time. And what that can mean is changes in communication or touch or love or devotion or understanding or any number of other things because uh, people's time is precious. It is. And that falls into my next one, which is someone who is timely and what i mean about that is um, they have to be timely with both small matters and big ones in the sense of they are aware of time to the extent of i'm going to be on time for lunch and also my time is finite on this planet
0: that's a good one because (laughs) uh, i mean there's i know we've talked about like uh in one of our other episodes i talked about uh time and how that's the one asset no one ever gets back, and that's why I try to thank people when they spend time with me. Uh, so that that one's huge, uh, I, although I didn't even put that down on my list, but that's super huge, so that's awesome that you have it on yours. Uh, my next one here is you want to have – when you're looking for a partner, I put it, is that they have to make you want to be a better person. Now, I'm not like saying that. that now, I'm not saying that they are the outside force to make you be better. So, like, they're not right. forcing you to be better. But because you're with this person, you have a drive internally in yourself to become a better person to whether it be to provide for them, if it's a spouse or a child or whatever. But you have that internal that internal drive that says, like, I want this person in my life. And because I want this person in my life, I'm going to drive to be a better person Uh with them right so it, it's almost like they bring out a better version of you and it's not like they do it purposely but it's just that internal drive that makes you want to do that and i think it's not exactly the same as what you're talking about with someone who's being ambitious or someone who's like goal-driven but there is that slight aspect in there because uh, when I say like it should drive you to be better, right? If you have a business partner, uh, and, uh, you guys are in business together, uh, your partner should want, you, you, should want to be, uh, make whatever you're doing on your side of this part of the business to drive, to make you better and improve and stuff like that. Uh, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friendship or whatever. Uh, so, and you know, they're obviously, you have that you're gonna have that drive in there there's people gonna have hiccups and stuff like that but there ultimately should be a drive that when you have that partnership that friendship or or whatever you should have that desire to make yourself into a better person uh that way not only it does it elevate you but it also elevates your relationship with that person and ultimately uh, elevates them as well
1: I think that that is great, and I think that is the potential for a whole tangential different conversation as far as why is it that often it takes that um, having a partnership to make people want to be better as versus why the hell don't people just want to be better in general? And, and part of the answer is whether or not they're self-driven or they're motivated by others. That is the truth. Um, But I agree with what you said. Anytime you're with someone and in a partnership, whether it's business or personal, at work, um, which is, yes, business, but it's not like ownership of business. In most cases, you're doing a role, which is different. But even so, in that role, why aren't we all, because I know I am driven to do our piece to make other people's lives easier. And that is the bottom line. And I remember telling uh, my spouse that all the time was, any day I know I made your day easier in one way, shape, form, or another, I feel like I did a good job. And that is what helped me sleep every night is knowing simply that I made their day better in one way, any one way, that's all I needed. Now the contradiction would be, I made it shittier in two ways, but I made it better in <laughs> one. Right. And there were those days too, but the, the focus was to be better. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, it, yeah, like it shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to have that other person there to make you want to be better. Uh, but, but there's, I think what it, I think where I come and get uh, where I get this idea from, is that there's a saying that says that you are the uh, average of the ten people you hang around most. So if you're hanging around like ten people who are better than you, you you're gonna want to be better with them, so they're gonna drive you to be better, and likewise. Uh, Yeah, as you're growing, that should help make the other person want to grow too. So it's kind of like that. It it kind of works back and forth together. And so that's what I'm saying like uh, being with that partner makes you want to be better. So that makes that nice driving force uh, to, you know, I guess, help each other out, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. To succeed further in life. I
1: agree. And uh, again, it's not so well communicated in all of mine because I'm down to my last two now. But communication is essential. Um, And it's interesting to me because I think for me, simply put, it's in code for me, but I don't think it is for most people. Uh, My next one, second to last of five potential options, um, find someone who is self-aware. And what I mean by that is how they impact you and others while they are on their own journey. And this is significant because whether or not you're in a marriage or you're dating or in a business partnership or at work, you are impacting You're first of all, you're on your own journey. Even in a marriage, you are also on your own journey. Um, You're in a journey together, but there are two separate journeys in that journey together. And with that, you have to be self-aware of the impacts you're having of others. You don't have to you should be. Um, my suggestion would be is that you're doing that. And um, there are reasons for this. And that is if someone can't be self-aware about that, both are destined to fail. So now you're creating, they're, they're showing their own potential for failure, but also increasing your potential for failure. And my example here. And I think this has been a pretty common one lately. It's a, it's a great way to look at it is there was a lady, and I 100% agree with this. I've talked about this with um, some friends and people I work with for years now. And there was a lady who recently came out and her comment, her statement was simple and bold. And she says, you let me watch the person order in front of me in Starbucks and I will tell you how much money they have in their bank account. And I loved it because I've talked about it in other ways as far as her point was, when someone will take 10 minutes to order a Starbucks drink in a line in front of you, that is someone, and she was saying this very explicitly, that has no money in their goddamn checking account, Because this is the biggest deal of their day and they are perfectly fine wasting everyone's time around them to do it. Whereas someone who has a big bank account and is far from broke, it understands the impact they're having on the barista, on the people in the line behind them and on themselves. Because guess what? Most importantly... They valued their ten minutes to make that decision enough that they didn't take ten minutes. They walked up to the line and they're like me: "I want a quad venti, non-fat caramel macchiato. Thank you. Here's my ten dollars. See you at the end of the line." Um, but the people who want to take ten minutes have ruined and have no problem ruining their work, their personal life, and their own goddamn bank account. It's like watch it. You can see it. At- McDonald's at any restaurant, you can see it when these people are laughing
0: because I'm like, I'm mentally seeing it right now. No,
1: like, literally, after I heard that, I started watching them and to the next level, I 100% agree. And I've actually talked with Marissa in particular about that very factor in years. These people who take X, Y, and Z to do these things, like, where were they the whole time they were getting up to the line because they weren't talking what were they doing on their phone that was so damn important that they were not self aware to know they're now impacting the person who's taking the order wherever it is or the people in behind them or even the people in front of them like where are they're not present they are not understanding their current journey uh, they are not understanding their time they are not being timely like they that group of people don't date <laughs> <laughs> all right so this
0: takes me to my last one and honestly i think uh the you the people who say communications i think that's super important i although i did not write communications in mine uh, but i think this next one has a part of communication involved yeah. in it so the last one here I'm going to list is that you want to find someone that's going to encourage and support you to be a better, to be your better self. So what I'm saying is that in your in your partner, right, uh, you want them to encourage you to become better. You want them to like, you want that, you want to get that encouragement from them. But when you're down, because let's face it, you're not always going to be up and you're not always going to be hitting uh, your full stride. There's going to be times you're going to fall. There's going to be times you're going to stumble. So they're going to have to be there to support you as well. So you have to have a partner that's not only going to be willing to encourage you to push you along, right? That to be like that, your, your main cheerleader, Right, that cheers you along and gives you that encouragement, that cheer you as you're winning and and you're striving your success. But then when you fall and crash, they're there to pick you up and and breathe that that word of belief into you or uh, speak those words uh, to help get you going again because you're going to need that. And any partnership is always that way. It's not that you guys are always going to be on full speed, tilt, running forward. Sometimes there's going to be a piston effect going, so that way when one of you is up, uh, the other one, the other one might be down. So the one that's up is going to try is going to be there to help pick the other one up. So you would have a slight piston effect sometimes, but ultimately you want to try and make sure you hit full stride together. <clears throat> but. It, you know you're gonna to want to have that support to be there when that stumbling time does come along, and that's gonna be super important. And that's why I said there's a, a hint of communication in there because the type of encouragement you give someone will breed uh, will breed much success. Just like the type of word or communication you give to them while they're down will either will change their world for the better or change their world for the worse. And that and that type of like that encouragement and support, I think is critical in any type of relationship.
1: I love what you just said uh, for so many reasons because obviously, yes, you have to have communications to get to that point. And you have to also understand that you've chosen this person, assumed that you've chosen this person because you trust them, you believe in them. Um, they are loyal. You are loyal to them. Uh, you understand they have drive, which also has inherent risks. The opposite. The, the interesting piece is, again, as we, we look at some of these little things, as 18-year-olds we might have thought of, is it has nothing to do with are they funny. Um, it absolutely is the opposite of now things are tough everyone's easygoing, um, and everyone's carefree. um, But it does still have things to do with they are reliable, has nothing to do with the fact that they are fun in those moments, does have to do with the fact that they're understanding. Obviously, the wealthy and the rich aren't looking at, oh, man, we just stumbled, we're screwed, we're going to have to go through a hard patch. Um, But at the end of the day, it's all about that support piece, which is also has to be two sided. Which is, yeah, I support you, but there does come a point where uh, if your 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 current journey costs us so much that I can't maintain, you have to go get a second job or a third job or a fifth job or whatever it may be to maintain basis basic living requirements and that's a piece and i think so indirectly that falls into my last one which is you need to find someone who has dreams but is also realistic to the extent of they at least understand dreams have opportunity costs so there are times when that dream may have to be shelved in order to make basic needs um, for both the present and the future, but I do believe it is essential that people have dreams. That we support your support pieces. Why this is so intertwined with this their dreams even when it may mean a little bit of extra stress or work for us if it's good stress it's great stress like oh i had to go get a second job guess what she's living her dream she's doing it and it's the hardest thing in the world to be selfless in that sense but guess what if You understand their code and you trust them and they are loyal. And when they win and achieve that dream, they are all those things. Even more, you both win and, or as long as you aren't going without food or letting your kids starve, you both win, even in a loss because you tried and you supported, and then you go a different direction. (laughs) That's it.
0: All right. Well, any any last words that you want to say to wrap it all up? And no, it's
1: just pretty uh, on it? why I wanted to really review this again is uh, because I think it's interesting even at a ripe age of 21 that we are now finally <laughs> able to drink a scotch hour pour, uh, that, that we remember what is really important in friendships, in partnerships, in marriages with kids because A child is also a partnership. Whether you want to admit it or not, there comes a point, especially if you have a teenage daughter, you know what I'm talking about, that these kids are not yours. You no longer own them in the sense of you never owned them but you were responsible and now you have to let that kite go fly on its own and it is harder than hell to let go of that string and trust that it will have all of the right moves to keep itself afloat but you have to and if you've done a damn good job uh, it'll tell you the kite or your child or your friend or your spouse hey guess what i need a little slack I, I'm i failing here. I need you to help reel me in a little bit, X, Y, and Z. And uh, again, I agree with you. This is why it was so interesting to me to hear communication so much, because it was not well intertwined with mine. And because of that, I will really, truly, after this show, consider how would I really impute that? Because I think... For me, communication has both been an opportunity and a strength my whole life because when I'm pissed, I let people know, but I struggle to let them know when I need help.
0: I struggle with that too. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I think inherent in all of yours, just like I think inherent in most of mine, I think communication is
1: already built built in in. in. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can't have a lot of these things without having communication.
1: I agree But I will also say my whole, like since for the last 20 years, one of the pieces of advice I give all the people who work with me and ask me for advice is communication is two sided. Usually we're good at one side. Most people struggle at one or both. And it is the most overlooked opportunity we have in the sense of giving timely communication and feedback can solve so many problems like, hey break now we never want to hear it when we're driving and our parents are teaching us and we don't see something they do here's the problem break now wasn't the piece of communication that was actually the fail the piece of communication was hey break now hey next time just keep an eye out not just in front on the car in front of you But the fact that that next light had just turned red and the fool that you can see five cars up slammed on their brakes to hit the red and everyone else was slamming on their brakes, including the person in front of you. It's that piece of communication that most people fail at. Yeah, I I would agree with that.
0: All right. um, I have nothing to put a nice little bow on this. so We'll just go with Uh, (laughs) yours. All right. All right. Next week. uh, Next week's topic. I didn't know which way I wanted to go with this because I have two options here. Option A is we watch and view the movie, the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger Ooh. and continue our conversation on cloning. Because I thought we weren't quite finished talking about cloning. Uh, or we could watch. Uh, I, I, we don't necessarily have to watch this show, but because of my, this past experience <laughs> that I had, uh, as A I was working bit. on some stuff, um, on my iPad, I had uh, Breaking Bad playing, okay. uh, and it's about a and that's about a uh, teacher mm-hmm. uh, who finds out he has cancer, and then starts uh, doing things uh, like well, he starts cooking meth, uh, and then honestly, I think the reason why his uh, cancer went into remission and shrunk so much is because he was no longer stressing, and uh, because of like outside factors and trying to meet other people's expectations he started finally focusing and uh, working on his self so in essence it would be breaking bad tied in with if you had cancer or you knew that there's a high probability that you're going to die within a year what would you do that maybe you're not currently doing Do either one of those topics sound better to you?
1: They both sound actually absolutely fantastic. So it's a matter of you've got your next two topics potentially. Which one do you want to do?
0: All right. Let's do the sixth day and finish up cloning.
1: I love it because that's a great movie and I haven't seen it in a long ass time.
0: Exactly. And you know what? The funny part here is it got poor reviews. She is like
1: 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, if I remember right. Just like the island. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: the stuff that they talk about in, on the six days, like cloning pets, mm-hmm. uh, cloning organs, and cloning people. And I think, uh, I know we, we talked about it before in the last episode and probably like a couple other episodes. But honestly, it's such an in-depth like conversation. I think we just uh, could finish it up or just expand upon it a little bit more. Who is the other
1: actress in that movie?
0: Uh, I know there's another uh, another guy actor who is familiar when I saw him by sight, but I don't remember what his name was.
1: Tony Goldwyn, Michael Rapaport, Michael Rooker, and Sarah Winter. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall, yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's in there, too. So, and I haven't picked out the uh, scotch, but I think it will be one of the ones that I pointed out over at, uh, whatchamacallit this evening, over at um, Total, no, that wasn't Total. What was it? Where did we go earlier?
1: Davidson's. Davidson's. Yes.
0: There's one over there that I saw that uh, we haven't tried yet.
1: Yeah. Well, here are the important cues from this show in review William Grant & Sons does still own and run Glenfiddich Distillery. That is a key point. And they have done a phenomenal job with their uh, master blender, Brian Kinsman, particularly with this Grand Reserva 21-year Glenfiddich Rum Cask Finished Single Malt Scotch Divine. Man, 40% ABV, so that means I can drink that much more. It's not cast strength. A Scotch Hour pour doesn't put you to the grave, maybe just to bed. Uh, But a great Scotch. And remember that it is 100% still owned, well, not 100%, but still owned and 100% run by William Grants & Sons. Um, Phenomenal Scotch. One of the highest we've ever rated. We both fully support it. Definitely not cheap or weak on the wallet. Look for those things and consider when you talk to yourself or others, what do you really want in a partner, whether that's a business partner, a relationship partner, a work partner, any number of those things. Next week, the sixth day, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Looking forward to that as we wrap up some of these cloning topics, because, yeah, we could have gone on for hours and hours and probably will again <laughs> with this next one. Also, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I love the guy. Right? No, just like as, as a human being and his journey, I love him. Um, so I look forward. Remember, life is great. That does not mean it should always be easy, but you've got to make your own wins. Take your partner, hopefully you have one, along for that journey, maybe a cat or a dog. That's weird. Uh, I'm not talking about that kind of partner. But remember, make sure you take a partner on your journey. And without further ado, Noah will wrap up.
0: All right. Uh, uh, thanks again. If you watch this, to this part, thanks again for watching us uh, to uh, the many viewers that we have on YouTube and rumble. Thank you to listening to us on the many different platforms that you can listen to us for those podcast platforms. We greatly appreciate all of you. Please like share, subscribe and leave some comments down below. We love to hear your thoughts about this topic or any of the other topics. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, please leave that in the comments. As well, if there's any scotches that you'd like us to try, please leave that in there as well. remember, please drink responsibly. And with that Scotchman
1: Don't drink a Scotch Hour and drive. Cheers.
0: We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful year.